And we are back 28 minutes after 11 o'clock. Our Mellow Joy Coffee, Tom. A pleasure to welcome back to the show Richard Abear, Abear's Garden Center. Oh, you brought in uh, quite a bit. How are yeah, you? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Doing great, Jeff. Boy, this is, this is my kind of weather. It's a little too cold yet for me. <laughs> but Come the weekend's going to be nice. Yeah, weekend, weekend's going to start to warm up again a little bit. But you know what? Sunshine and... and uh, um, I was hoping we get a little bit more moisture out of this front, and I don't know if we got an eighth of an inch, huh, Jeff? I mean, it wasn't much if we got that. Huh? I don't think we saw anything. Yeah, it, it was it was a mist. Some people said they got some at not, that night. I don't know. I didn't see much of it. I agree with you, Jeff. If we got an eighth of an inch, that was a lot. And uh, come, come to think of it, maybe Monday afternoon there was a little rain outside. I mean, I did, yeah, yeah, I, I do remember a little rain. Yeah, we now. were kind of desperate for anything, so we were calling that rain. Whereas ordinarily we would call that. I'm trying to remember if I checked the um, gauge at the airport the next day to see if they had anything, and I don't know if they did uh, over there. Yeah, I, I, that that wouldn't surprise me. Somebody said, "Yeah, we got a little bit, maybe a quarter of an inch," but man, I, I, I didn't see that at all. So anyway, so we need a little bit. We didn't get much, but I'm I'm grateful for the cool temperatures, and hopefully, even though it may warm up again, which it will. Yeah, hopefully it won't, uh, you know, won't get into the uh, to the upper 80s, and we'll be happy with lower 80s, maybe, Jeff. We'll see. Yeah, lower to mid 80s. Yeah. I, I don't, I haven't seen anything warmer than 83. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm through good with a Wednesday that. at least. I'm good with that, and night temps dropping, we're okay with that. And speaking of the drought, uh, you know, lawns. We all, I've been trying to say about we want to winterize this year, but let me tell you, it's still too dry. So unless you could really water the heck out of it, it's best not to do that uh, because it's that dry. I mean, I finally saw a uh, someone show how much rain we had for the year. I think it was around 35 inches. And normally we're about 60, 65. Yeah, yeah about 65. So we're well, we're well under it. November is normally a relatively dry month. So if, if we're going to have any sense of normalcy, then... Um, then that would, uh, then, you know, it's probably, I mean, it's definitely going to be below average. Uh, the question is how much below. So I think we're going to have a, it's going to be a record breaker in terms of, of, uh, of maybe, uh, you know, top 10, top five dries years on record for, for sure. And um, so we'll wait to see what's happening and what happens. But it is what it is at this point. And so with the grass, one thing you can do right now, and we're seeing, uh, we're seeing a lot of aster weed, which is kind of unusual. And uh, normally we, at this time we see a lot of button weed, and, and there's still a lot of different weeds out there. A lot less dollar weed. And re- I know the reason for dollar. Dollar weed is the one that looks like a silver dollar, or, or not silver dollar, but is about the size of a half dollar, glossy green, and but it loves moisture. So it's not showing its uh, – it's it's upper part right now, and so but it's there. But that's one that you don't see of. But aster is one we generally don't see a lot of, and the reason we're seeing a lot of that, it's really tap rooted. It has a deep root, so it can survive droughts, and it certainly did. And uh, it has kind of small, coarse uh, leaves with with uh, um, a, a, a kind of a, a prostrate growing area, and I've seen as much as you know two feet wide and. Uh, you know, you can pull them, but it ain't easy, especially when it gets dry. And But it's a great time now that temperatures are not getting above 85 to go ahead and spray. And it would be a good idea to do that if you want to winterize, because if you can spray before you winterize, uh, it will the, the weeds will start to decline. 
And then by putting out the fertilizer, hopefully when we get a little bit moisture, then the only thing picking up the fertilizer is going to be the grass and not the weed. So, you know, it's not a lot of weed and feeds. I don't recommend weed and feeds at any time, especially in the fall, because the formulations that they have out there generally don't care of the, usually the fall weeds that we get. So pre-emergent is a great one. November is a great time to put out a pre-emergent, which will basically kill the weed seeds. So that's that's two things you can do now is start to deal with weed seeds and the uh, adult mature plants that are out there. Spray for that. We can do it. Temperatures are less. We can do that, and just hopefully we'll wait on a little moisture to go ahead and get a little fertilizer. At some point, it's going to be too late. But I think if it warms up again, we can try to do it. But let's say with the next two or three weeks, you know, if it doesn't, then just hang out till spring, and then we'll get it then. Gotcha. Uh, I did bring uh, uh, a couple of things. One, this is a plant. Uh, it's called cyclamen. Cyclamen. Yes, and this one is about the only one that will give you good color in the shade. And we get these late because... In this time of year, obviously, because that's right. it's blooming right now. Exactly. And it's, uh, and it's a cool season plant. So it really can't take the heat, but it can tolerate the shade very, very well. And so uh, we sell these for people who want winter color in a situation uh, where you have trees. And many times it's live oaks. that are just the, the shade is so dense that the pansies and the snaps and the petunias and the more common stuff just... Uh, just won't won't do well they'll grow but they won't bloom uh how, how about the leaves year-round will they s- no this you know? is this is the season so when it gets hot again starting in may you're going to see them fade may it's a good looking leaf too. it is a beautiful yeah. leaf and it's kind of what jeff is looking at is kind of reminds me of a geranium leaf but it basically this leaf is going to be upwards of a you know inch inch and a half wide and kind of have a little variegation uh uh uh, light green, uh, light uh, whitish uh, specks within the leaves to kind of give it a unique leaf. But you're right, the, the leaf is very, very pretty. And this will expand. It'll end up getting about, uh, about 18 inches tall and just shoot uh, these big, beautiful blooms. I guess the bloom size is about an inch in diameter, and these are very uh, vibrant red. They come in white. They come in pink. And... Uh, just a good plant, great for a container or the ground, either way. Uh, uh, and, we'll, again, will tolerate the cold, the cold temps. It just can't take the heat. So from now on, we ought to be good to go on cyclamen. It's one of those plants that we get late, and that's pretty much it. We'll get a bunch in because they're hard to find. You know, the growers don't grow a lot because, because what happens uh, in the plant industry when it comes to bedding plants is that uh, you know people are gonna start turning around and say, hey, we is, this is Thanksgiving, and so if they got some, if they want to plant things, they're gonna do it within the next, you know, ten to fourteen days, so that it's ready for Thanksgiving, and they're gonna turn, turn everything to, uh, to Thanksgiving and Christmas. So the growers don't go deep into uh, into the winter uh, because of that reason. They're actually they switched many many. Uh, months ago to poinsettias and as that starts to sure. to progress it'll get more and more and also that obviously there's not a national use of this because it probably doesn't do well too far up north or will it do well and in- i think you know that's a good question i don't know how much extreme cold it'll take what happened last year when it got down to the lower 20s they fried jeff so so the cold did get them but they came back mm-hmm. which, which i found interesting and uh 
but they did fry when it got into the uh, lower 20s. So, but normal winter, it's, it's not a problem. So I guess up north they would, they would need a little bit of protection uh, if it got really cold uh, because um, I'm sure y'all kind of well, used to lower well, 20s is nothing to you guys. Right? No, and, and that's, that's a good winter. The lower 20s. Oh, that's I mean, mild. Yeah. I mean, a mild winter. Yeah. Well, that, that's, you know, if you're going to get those temperatures pretty consistently December, January, that's especially right. overnight. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, probably not a, not a big thing. You can, you can use them in, in containers and kind of move them in and out. And people will actually use them, uh, you know, on a table. But you're gonna have, they do need some light. You just can't leave them inside like an indoor plant. Um, the other two I brought in here are... Uh, or actually pansies, and there's a lot of confusion on pansies. Years ago, Jeff, the uh, the, the 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 most popular pansy was one called uh, majestic pansy, and that was that was the the only go-to, and may still be the go-to for up up in the northern states. And that because uh, uh, that pansy uh, loves the cold, and so we're always telling people, you know, you can't plant pansies too early. So what they've done is they developed a couple other ones, and one is called Matrix and one is called Colossus. And these are actually de- developed to tolerate heat more than the old varieties. And the, the big thing for growers, and it's really a grower thing, is that if they start, if they start the pansies too early, uh, you know, they have, they have greenhouses and there's, there's ways of cooling it off. They have uh, fans and they have water which actually turns and it shoots water and actually drops the temperature it's not not air conditioning but it does drop the temperature but what happens is if it stays too warm when they plant these for their first crop these plants will stretch meaning that they'll get leggy really really fast and they're very hard to sell because now they're trying to ship these plants and maybe have flowers but instead of being short and full you know they may be you know three or four inches tall they may be six or eight inches tall and they just don't transplant well, and it's certainly they don't look well in the trays. So they're very difficult for them to sell. So the growers over the years have learned that, man, we can't start till late. And like we just mentioned, if you start too late, Jeff, and you get closer to the, to the, uh, the Christmas seasons, then they can't sell them anyway there, too. They can still sell, but much less. So, they, so they've developed ways in which they've varieties that will actually tolerate that heat early so that the growers can start a little bit earlier and have a plant. So we're actually starting to see local growers have pansies earlier than they ever used to. You know, it, it used to be really right about now before a good selection of pansies, whereas now they can start maybe uh, start selling a couple weeks before in October. So that's the big thing. And as you know, Jeff, uh, our temperatures will climb back up. So that was the same problem is that once you planted them, if the temperatures would warm up, these would start to stretch. So these two varieties, uh, um, Colossus and Matrix, will take the heat better and actually perform very, very well and have a nice-sized flower uh, just like the, uh, the older varieties did. So don't be too afraid of the flower. But certainly at this point, uh, pansies are good to go. But you can still plant petunias, of course, snapdragons, dianthus, all the, all the basic ones that take the, suns and, and the sun. And now we actually have one, um, the cyclamen, that will grow in the uh, shade and actually perform very well. Okay. Remember, when it comes to colors, Jeff, if you're in a situation, our day length is, 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 is uh, very short. To say the least. And then once the time change changes we're not going to have uh in terms of 
being outside, you're not going to have a lot of opportunity for, uh, you know, daylight when you're, when you're outside. Um, uh, just remember, sometimes darker colors, they may look good in the nursery because you buy them in the middle of the day, but sometimes <laughs> you need a little bit lighter colors to show up, especially in a shady situation. But know that, uh, you know, whites and the yellows and some light pinks, will help all the colors show up. If you go with too dark a color in certain situations, maybe a shady situation or, uh, you, you know, a situation where, you know, you get an afternoon sun and remember, start next week, probably 5, 530, it's going to be dark uh, because of the time change. Um, you know, you, you won't be able to view it. So sometimes lighter colors uh, in the wintertime will show up better uh, more than some of the darker mm. colors. And that doesn't make a difference. Switching now to vegetables, Jeff, and I bought this, and we had talked about this earlier, and these right here oh, yeah. are beets. Okay. Okay, and which is very unusual to— Would these uh, be sugar beets or— okay. Yeah, this is regular beets, and uh, sugar beets are actually like, like uh, you know, if you'd harvest uh, a cane, uh, some sugar cane and try to eat that, it would be tough gnawing, let me tell you. Yeah. And sugar beets would be the same thing. It's more, more for they grow sugar beets— for the, the sugar itself. Right, right. right, right. So this is actually just a, a, a normal beet. Let me see what the variety is, and I don't think it. But, you know, Detroit dark red is a very common variety. You pull that up. Did you break it, or did that, is the root that uh, thin? It is that thin, and yeah. that's why I bought it, because these are uh, a tap root, because obviously a beet is a root crop, right? The reason I brought it in Would is— Would it be a tuber? No, it's not a tuber. Okay. Uh, but that's a good question. Yeah, anyway. I'm not sure it is. But but the reason I brought it in is that is that it is very very difficult to transplant a beet uh, and not mess with that with that tap root. Mm-hmm. And if you do break that tap root in any way, uh, it will not make a beet that's going to be viable and and uh, and very pretty. Okay. Gotcha. And so you can see as Jeff was looking was commenting was that. This is a, a long root. It's probably about uh, at least a, a, an inch long, and you'd have to be very delicate, not only taking it out, but also putting it in. You'd have to you know, almost take, take a pencil and dip it down there and get it in there without messing the tap root. Can it be done? Yes. Can it be done viably on a scale? I mean, usually with beets, Jeff, I mean, if you're planting six beets, well, that's not really a lot to do, you know. Yeah. Each plant just produces, produces one, one beet. Okay, yeah. So it. you need multiple beets. So it's very, very, it's, it's twofold. It's very difficult to transplant it unless you've got a tremendous amount of patience and, uh, and, and time to do it and, and do it correctly. And also, but it's also costly. You know, when you buy a, uh, you know, a little six-pack of cabbage, well, you're going to make some big cabbage heads there that, that, makes sense where it was like i was saying with the beets i mean i don't know you'd at least have to plant 30 or 40 beets to make it viable and uh uh and so it's real i don't i consider it practical now do i have them yes do we recommend them when it mm. comes no not really now if someone tells me well i'm just planting you know one pot then great just we all we'll always tell them say look you got to be very careful taking them out and just don't mess with that tap root because it's going to be uh, an issue, and eventually it'll, uh, it'll, it'll. When it starts to mature, you're going to pull it up, and it's going to be deformed at best, <laughs> and uh, and just not be viable to to uh, to eat and grow. Some of the other things that, uh, in terms of uh, vegetables, lettuce, 
Now, the lettuce we do have in six-pack, but that is a very viable one to do now. You're not too late at all. In fact, we just started recommending planted lettuce uh, over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, but it loves these kind of temperatures, the milder temperatures. Uh, they will grow very well. Sometimes if the temperatures get too warm, too consistently, the lettuce leaves themselves will be very bitter. So now is a great time to plant lettuce. You've got plenty of time. We don't recommend, you know, there's one called Iceberg, which is very popular in the, in the stores. It's kind of hit and miss down here. and been, It's been a lot of misses because the temperatures are, the temperatures are too warm in the, uh, in the winter. Uh, they grow more than they do form the head, and so you just get a, basically a leaf lettuce. And so there's leaf lettuce like, you know, uh, Buttercrunch, Bib, um, uh, and there's se- several Black Seeded Simpson, several other leaf lettuce that do really, really well. And you can harvest. You can either drill them and let them come up, and uh, and or actually plant them in a in a box and then transplant them. Very hardy at this stage and perform really really good. I forgot to bring one of my strawberries in, but strawberries are doing really good. Continuing, they you continue, showed us the progress. Could, we'll wait, we'll wait a few uh, few weeks and uh, show them again. But um, uh, they they do extremely well. People are worried about. Uh, you know, having to cover the strawberries, and they really can take the cold with no problem. Um, some people were coming in, Jeff, and worried about that with the temperatures getting into the low 30s. What was the final temperature last night? Uh, this morning yeah. was low as 35. 35, okay. So they were worried about getting but it was, to— it just barely got there, and then it bounced back, back to up. 37. And, and that's correct. You know, it's, we always look for when it comes to freezes, obviously you're looking for the low temps. But you're also looking for duration. And so even if it would have got to freezing 32, 31 and stayed there for, you know, an hour or two, uh, the basic stuff would have been fine. The only ones you got to worry about in cold right now are the, some of the things that were planted and or purchased over the last several months. The big one would be crotons because that's a very f- popular plant. The crotons are the ones that have the big leaves that are red, orange, and yellow. And uh, just pretty a great fall plant because of the colors, uh, or fallish colors, but they don't like the cold. So once you start to get into the 40s and the 30s, the crotons that we have, we bring them in, and then we bring them out uh, as temperatures rise up. But you don't want to you, you bring those in because it won't kill them, but they're going to start dropping a bunch of leaves, and, and, and that's no good. But My, my croton is uh, inside, has been. I mean, you gave it to me a few years ago, and it's doing great. Yes. But I was thinking about putting it in a bigger pot. Yes. So that, it's okay to do it as long as it's staying inside. As long as it's staying inside. Now, but I wouldn't do it right now. And okay. The, and the reason you don't want to do it now is is that uh, if you transplant to a bigger pot, it's going to be easy for you to overwater it right now because you don't have a lot of roots in the new pot. Uh, and the temperature is going to get cool, even though it's, cool, it's you know, it's mild well, Like I said, it stays inside. Right, but even even then, even then just no, even okay. then, it's just not getting, it's just not warm enough. Gotcha. And and so it would be better to wait till the spring, till late March, April, and then mm-hmm. transplant it. And uh, it also gives you an opportunity, Jeff. Let's say you transplant for some whatever reason, it's not doing well. You can bring it outside in the shade in the in the summertime. And a lot of times, just that heat, that consistent heat, day and night heat will help allow a plant to revitalize. Mm. And we do that a lot in the spring when, uh, when a customer comes in and for whatever reason the winter has been tough on their container plant and we say, yes, watch it. It does need to be repotted. And then basically it's like, it's like putting a plant in recovery. Leave it outside in the shade. You have to water a little bit more, but it loves that heat. 
And so, but you don't have that opportunity to do that right now. You know, it's, it's back and forth. Night temperatures are going to drop and they get cold. So if you, if you, if you can, you'd like to wait till the spring to repot any indoor plant uh, till mid to late spring and then do that and put it in recovery outside. And once it's kind of, you know, leafed out and, and obviously doing well, you can, you can bring it back in. But it does allow you that opportunity, if it doesn't do well, to bring it outside and, and, and recover, basically. Yeah, I, I figure it's pretty root-bound because the little bit of water I add to it will go right, right through it. Through and that, it, yeah. and that makes, it makes a lot of sense. And if you have to repot and sometimes people come in and say, yeah, you got to. What we tell them is go to as small a pot as you can uh, just to get some more soil in there, like you're saying, to hold a little moisture, and then and then repot it again in you know mid to late spring. Uh, but I will allow you to hold some moisture. If you had to do it, you could do it, but just go to a slightly bigger container and uh, and put enough soil in there just to hold some moisture. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. Anything else on the vegetables? Basically, I did bring some um, some onion tops. We talk about that a lot, Jeff. And, mm-hmm. and the reason I is because in Cajun country, it's very very popular, and oh, it's yeah. just really hard these days to get the bulbs like we used to years ago. And the bulbs were the ones. And the basic difference of what I'm showing Jeff here and these what we call shallot bulbs is that this has a much coarser top, and just for simplicity purposes. This is the multiplying onion top that you buy in the grocery store. You buy them in little bunches, and this is what that is. The good thing about these is that they're evergreen, so they're going to be green in the summertime, and so you'll have availability on your onion tops in the summer. The, the other thing is that uh, they multiply very well, and so what I'm showing Jeff here is in a four-inch pot, and it has three little stalks in there. I'd say by the end of the spring season this will have multiplied three or four times so it might have eight to twelve stalks at the bottom and then you would just if it's in a pot you would separate it and replant it usually in the fall and uh they do well again the biggest difference is that these are much much coarser uh so you just have to chop them a little bit more to get them to the same uh fineness or you know that we used to get the other ones the other ones are a little bit finer they were they were finer than this this one here but uh, not as fine as a chive, and, and pretty strong. So the basic difference between this onion top and a chive, besides the size, is that this has a stronger onion flavor. Okay, and it cuts pretty well. It does. You, you don't crush it. You you don't it crush it. it nice. Again, again, everything is has to do with the equipment you're working with. So well, if, you, if, if you have a good uh, knife, it chops easily. Sometimes I'll slice them the long ways first, and then and then chop them. And uh, so no, they cut fine and and. But it's getting to the point now where we're very limited on the old bulbs. That's, I think that's going to get lost in, in the in culture. But this does, does really, really well. And, again, the biggest plus to these is that they will stay evergreen. They divide very, very well. And uh, so pretty much once you have them, you'll have them. Gotcha. It's, uh, it's a done deal. Uh, let's see, Jeff. Uh, I think that is it. We talked about a little bit of everything. Um, believe it or not, <laughs> Jeff, we're starting to prepare for Christmas trees. <laughs> yeah, you got to. You know, and sometimes I, I criticize stores that put stuff out too soon, but it's not necessarily you're shopping to be prepared for after Thanksgiving. And that's what a lot of people are thinking about right now. Maybe you know, they're not going to put the Christmas you know, uh, decorations out today. But they want to buy them now so that they can be prepared to put them out 
after Thanksgiving, hopefully. And, and that is absolutely correct. And as from the retailer standpoint, you're, you're exactly right, Jeff. You have to be, you have to be ready for that day after Thanksgiving. And uh, and so if you're just decorating the day after Thanksgiving for Christmas, you're going to miss, you know, seven days of of uh, selling, and, yeah. that's, and that you you can't afford to do that. And uh, and and the same thing with Christmas trees, Jeff. We used to get uh, trees. The week of Thanksgiving, we would get them in no sooner than that Monday, Tuesday, of Wednesday before Thanksgiving. That's changed. We have to get them that before the first weekend before Thanksgiving, uh, at minimum to set them up, uh, and many times to start selling. So that's just that's just the nature of the beast. Have you heard anything about Christmas trees? I remember going back to it's probably August, September uh, with the drought. One Louisiana. Supplier somewhere, I think, uh, around the North Shore said, I'm not going to have trees this year. Yeah. Um, obviously, not the entire country was under drought, but I know we uh, definitely suffered. Yeah. Um, no, I don't, think, I don't think it's from a drought standpoint that uh, they were affected. All our trees come out of North Carolina. So that has not been the issue. But the issue that's been occurring for several years and uh, – is and and we have been very fortunate in that we have dealt with one grower. I'd say we've dealt with this grower probably since the mid 1990s. Okay, you got a relationship. We've got a, a relationship, and that saved us because you're correct, Jeff. There were many retailers in this area that when they were unable to get trees, if they were shopping around and they were changing growers and. Uh, uh, you know, we got just a you know, it's kind of like our business. We got a family grower who's been in it for a long time and knows how to grow them. They know how to prune them and they know what their customer wants. I mean, some of their customers might get, you know, number two grade trees and, but there's, there's a grade called premium and number one. That's the, the lowest grade we can get, which basically means is that they're sheared more to get a fuller tree. And, 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 and so they know what we want and, and we get that. What has happened over the past, I would say, at least three years, Jeff, because of the shortage, and that shortage occurred because of the recession in 2008, I'm going 2000, back that far. And what occurred is they, because the growers, basically you can't stop a tree from growing. So if they don't sell the trees, all of a sudden they got a tree that would normally sell maybe as a 9 to 10 that they have so many of them that now they're 10 to 11. You say, oh, they can get more for that. Well, that's fine, but let's say they only sell 1,000 of those and they got 5,000. Now they got these trees that are growing. So believe it or not, they'll come in and they will actually take these trees out and that they put a lot, invest a lot of money for years because they can't sell that many big trees. So what happened was is that those, you know, for two, three, four years after that recession or during the recession – the retailers didn't buy as many trees, so they cut back planting, and it cost them a lot of money because they were losing those bigger trees. So now that it has picked up again, and this has been occurring for four or five years, uh, there's not the demand is there. And you just can't go back and manufacture, but we're going to increase manufacturing into, for demand next year. You can't do that. you got to grow them. And so it has really... Uh, you know, cause problems. And, and the other issue is, is that, you know, they are battling to the cost of operations and, and the cost of transportation. And so prices are going up and inflation's up. And so it, it's a, it's been a tough few years for the growers. And uh, it's been challenging because there's nothing like trying to gear up for a Christmas, Jeff, 
when all your trees are sold out and you're trying to keep all your customers happy and you have people calling on the phones, you know, I need more trees, I need more trees. So our trees were cut back. Our big trees were cut back in, in terms of the quantity we would get. And so and that's been for several years. So we've kind of bobbed and weaved, and we've tried to keep as many of our really good, loyal customers as happy as we could. But it's been a, it's been a challenging few years. And, um, you know, they told me last year it was going to get better. Eh, got a little bit better, but still tight. And uh, so it's just, the, it's just the nature of the beast. And we've seen this uh, in, in the past, Jeff, when it comes to Christmas trees. It's just something you cannot manufacture. You have to grow it, and it takes years to do it. And so it kind of bobs and weaves, and we've seen where, the, you know, the artificial tree market, you know, gets big. And then, you know, after four, five, six, seven years, people want to go back to, to the live trees. So it's, it's the nature of the market, and, uh, and, uh, but we will have, uh, we'll have the same selection we had last year. So we're very confident of that, and we've been, we're very fortunate. When do you plan on putting them out? They'll be up uh, depending on freight so we have to we we always tell people we think at this point they will be displayed the monday before thanksgiving sometimes a few days before that that's saturday or sunday uh it just kind of depends when they come in so we're never quite sure they come in either thursday friday the week before thanksgiving but sometimes they don't arrive till saturday sunday but we'll we'll make it happen so that the monday before thanksgiving we're ready to go yeah we got a couple of uh thursdays before thanksgiving day and i'm sure talk more about uh, care for them uh, at some point. Get in. Yeah, and that, and that becomes an issue. And I haven't really checked if it's going to be a long season or a short season, but sometimes you have four or five more days. It's, it's a little earlier. Yeah. yeah. 23rd is the well, okay. so. And so that is, a, that is always a challenge if the winter is cold and they're running the heaters. That's always, that, that's always an issue. Anything else before we let you go? That's it, Jeff. Always a pleasure. You uh, wrapped up Sundays? Yeah, we wrapped up Sundays. And we'll crank again up uh, – after Thanksgiving, we're open seven days. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah. we just kind of uh, – the day length is so short that uh, we just close on Sundays for the next few. All right. Richard, always a pleasure. Thank you, Jeff.